Israel is a land of diverse cultures, religions, foods, music and people. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he explores the devout and divine, the off the wall and outrageous and everything in between. Right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Ben Shulman and this is the new movie. Welcome to the program. This is our first program that we have, uh, in isolation, uh, in, on, on the show today. So I've never really tried this before. It's certainly going to be a very interesting experience for me. I'm doing this from my study, uh, as opposed to doing it from in studio because I, uh, traveled recently to a, what's known as a high risk country. And, uh, so I'm in quarantine, have been for, so for about a week and, uh, at least another week, depending on what happens. Uh, so I'm not in the studio. I'm actually coming through from my study. So if, uh, I, uh, I make some mistakes or we don't quite get the, the, the cuts correctly to the adverts or whatever, please do forgive me. Or if you ever hear a dog barking in the background or something, that is why. So, uh, my apologies in advance for that. Um, but nonetheless, we have a great show for you today. Unsurprisingly, it is COVID-19 related. It is coronavirus related, but we're going to be taking some slightly different tacks uh, from what we normally do uh, and uh, looking at some different aspects. We Later on in the show, we're going to be looking at the history of diseases and pandemics in Johannesburg and how they might actually be closer than you think. Uh, there is, in fact, a rich history of people getting ill with uh, nasty diseases in Johannesburg. And it uh, turns out that a lot of them are centered not far from the station itself, uh, actually in Sandringham area. So we're going to be looking into that history a little bit. Also, we're going to be looking at some red flags. What do we have to look out for in the coming weeks and months in uh, response to corona and COVID? What are some of the things in the more medium term that we have to be thinking about because, you know, this thing, we've kind of been dealing with it properly for 10 days, two weeks, something like that, uh, self-isolation, all this kind of thing. But in the next few months, there are going to be some things we need to be thinking about more long term. So uh, I'm going to be uh, doing a bit of a thought experiment with you, some of the things which I think we need to be looking at as a community and as a country, uh, even around the world, when we are dealing with this corona issue. So that is also coming up. Uh, but before that, and uh, just after the break, we are going to be talking to Kadena. Uh, they are the Jewish Relief Organization. Just to be seeing what they are doing, they've been launching a, a new initiative to deal with this corona issue. Uh, they obviously deal with humanitarian relief from the Jewish community side. Uh, so we're going to be having in uh, Ariel uh, Abramson and Mendy Grauman, who are from Kadena, and uh, they are going to be uh, just talking to us about what is the work that they're doing and uh, how can the community get involved uh, and how can you make a difference? Because obviously it is tough with this particular problem that uh, people are stuck at home, uh, you know, hard to move, all of this kind of thing. Uh, so, so where is it that we can be making the difference that we need to make uh, for this big crisis? If you want to be part of the conversation, of course, we would love to have you. Uh, you can't get Corona by sending us an SMS or a WhatsApp. So 34519 is the SMS number. Uh, and uh, you can also uh, also send us a 
uh, yeah, send, send it to us on Telegram as well. So that's uh, what's coming up in the next hour. Looking forward to it already. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Cadena. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Schulman. You're back with 1.9 High FM. I'm Benji Schulman, and this is New Blue Review. Uh, the Corona edition. We're probably going to have a few more Corona editions uh, before we are done. What can you do? We'll see what we can, uh, we see what we can handle. It might be a, a long haul. Now, as promised, uh, at the, at the end of the break, we are going to be chatting now to Dena. They are the Jewish Relief Organization. And we're going to chat to them about the work that they are doing. And, uh, to do that, we have on a line Mindy Groman and Ariella Abramson. Uh, and they're chatting to us. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the New Blue Review. Thanks for having us. Yeah, very, very cool to uh, have you guys on via this uh, Skype, via the studio, via the Skype edition of the show. By the way, if you want to ask any questions to our guests, you can telegram us 061-895-1019 or SMS us on 34519. Uh, I'm sure that you will uh, want to take uh, some questions about how you can help with this corona issue. Uh, Mandy, let's start off with you, just in case people are not sure, what is Cadena and uh, how does it fit in to everything that we're doing in the community? Um, well, Cadena is basically the humanitarian arm of the Jewish community. Uh, it's an organization that was started by the Jewish community in Mexico around 15 years ago, where a couple of members of the community there decided that Jews needed to show up to a natural disaster, and they responded to an earthquake. And from there, Cadena grew. And it's, it's about giving hand-to-hand direct aid to, to the people who need it, to those most in need. So, so in Africa, uh, we, we aim to do that locally and to be the, the gateway to southern Africa. Now, of course, this is uh, not the first kind of disaster that you're addressing. Uh, I think many people in the community would have known you already from the work that you've been doing in Mozambique. Uh, you've done a couple of other things as well. So, so you, you, you have uh, gotten off the ground already in South Africa. Yes, yeah, so yes, we have gotten off the ground, and the, com- the community's been great. They're getting more and more involved as people find out more and more about it. So uh, it is, it's, it's great to be doing this within a community of, of caretakers, in a community of people that really care, that really want to help and want to get involved. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously this... Uh, corona issue, uh, COVID-19 issue is, is hitting everyone sort of from multi, uh, angles. And you guys have taken kind of a specific approach. So let's get into that. What, uh, what kind of things have you been doing to address the corona issue? Okay. So we've, we've, uh, we've been in touch with a bunch of people. Clive Mashishi's been great with getting information to us. And, and he said the two things that were mainly missing, um, out in a lot of the townships was basic information. The, the information that's coming through to us is not necessarily getting there. Um, tips and prevention, uh, tips on prevention of corona, how to, how to avoid it, just the washing the hands, the social distancing. So we started with an information campaign uh, where we're distributing digital flyers, printed flyers in, in various languages, and uh, we're doing a campaign of videos where we released uh, cause of, uh, sorry, Sutu videos and Zulu, uh, we're working on the Corsa ones, and we're, we're trying to get it out in as many languages as possible. 
Um, and then we're also working on getting together toiletries, hand sanitizer, um, and food. We've, we partnered up with Corona Care for South Africa and with Feed SA, who are both running fantastic campaigns. And in conjunction with them, we're trying to get food packages, we're trying to get hand sanitizer, all funding for that. Um, Feed SA has an incredible campaign where you can share a little video to, to try and encourage other people to donate if you can't. Um, and that's what we're working on, is trying to stem the outbreak, basically, flatten the curve so that our neighbors, uh, the people within the communities right around us, that this doesn't, this, this virus doesn't tear through their community. I mean, you are uh, sort of the director of Kadena in South Africa, but Ariel uh, is actually a volunteer and uh, she's been working on some of the projects. I want to bring her in here. Ariel, why did you decide to volunteer for uh, this kind of work in the community? So I think that question's answered in two ways. The first element is that I'm very, very deeply passionate about vulnerable populations who often don't always have a voice and who fall into the mainstreams of the systems that sort of exist in our communities. And I'm going to be working with Kaden on an international program that has unfortunately been delayed. So this was the perfect opportunity to really get involved and help those people who who are extremely vulnerable and who do need that extra that, that extra hand of, of support and solidarity and 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 insight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can certainly see uh, how we we need to make sure that we're bridging these sorts of gaps just right at the moment because of uh, the, the various problems that are are, are facing us. I, I imagine that this particular thing. It poses a unique challenge. You know, normally the question is, how do you get stuff to people? How do you uh, organize properly? But at the moment, it, it's kind of difficult because you, you can't have meetings face to face, uh, or hand to hand, as you said, Mandy earlier. Uh, what has it been like organizing a campaign where it's more difficult to actually talk to people and see people? It hasn't really been that challenging because Mandy and I have worked really well as a team in connecting and distributing what needed to, what needs to be reached out to the community. And I think social media and the electrical field that we're living in today has really benefited that. Hey, Mandy? Definitely. It's, it's made all the difference. I mean, we're sitting in three different locations right now having a conversation to the entire community that wants to listen. It's, it's a different world now. So, so you, you you can actually coordinate a response, get it out there, and uh, and, and start and start basically changing stuff. Definitely, Ariel was, for example, there, we needed a graphic designer to help out. So Ariel did what she does. She got on the line. She found a graphic designer who's helped us design flyers. I've never met this person. We discussed it over email, but <laughs> we can do that these days. And I think on that that. That's a true test, the solidarity of how people are really coming together to work towards a collective effort in responding to the virus and supporting each and every person that really may not have that educational insight and does need it. We're talking today to uh, Kadena South Africa. They are the Jewish Relief Agency. Uh, and uh, if you want to uh, be part of the conversation, uh, you can definitely do so. Uh, you can WhatsApp, uh, excuse me, Telegram us on 061-895-1019, or you can SMS us on 34519. We'll take a short break. We'll be back just after this. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman.
101.9 Hi FM talking today to Kadena, South Africa, about their response to the COVID-19 uh, disease and virus. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about collaboration, having to do so under conditions of not being able to meet people face-to-face. Uh, nonetheless, there does seem to have been some good collaboration uh, and lots of interest from civil society. Uh, how are you working uh, with government and with uh, different civil society? How is that working for you, and where are we playing a role as a community? Um, so with government, um, one of our board members, Dr. Mpopalatsa, put me in touch with uh, Liziwe, who, who runs the, the, the area of the Alexander Santon Fourways area. And she's been doing research for us into the best places for us to distribute where we will be able to do it in sort of stagger um, distribution so that we're not uh, attracting a big crowd at the same time and in the communities where it will be the most effective. And what about other NGOs? Uh, other NGOs, so uh, Corona Care for South Africa, they obviously popped up recently, and they've been instrumental in, in putting different NGOs in touch with each other, making sure that people aren't unnecessarily overlapping in efforts. So, for example, they're the ones who put us in touch with FIDSA, and uh, the three of us, along with the South African Jewish Board of Deputies, has launched this campaign, and we're all we're all pooling our resources and efforts to to work together so that we can have the the most uh, effective campaign, the most the maximum outreach. Now, Ariel, you've been working on the social media side uh, and getting things out there. What has been the response that you've seen so far from people uh, in in the cyberspace? So I think that's there's two sides. So the first side is I think Kadena, it's still a new NGO. So people are still getting their feels in terms of what to do, where do they fit in and how as a community can they really work with the NGO. So in, in that regard, there's still a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot of scope for people to get involved. And the other side is that people have been very, very humble and very polite in the way that they've contacted Mandy and the, their donations and how generous they have been in wanting to get involved, um, in terms of financial compensation, as well as in distributing the hygiene kits, the water sanitation, as well as, um, providing the, the pamphlets and the information for the pamphlets for healthcare workers in communities. So maybe actually let's uh, have that discussion. Uh, you know, what what kind of things can the community be doing, uh, you know, if, you, if you're kind of stuck at home and, uh, and, and you want to make a difference uh, or you're not, you know, what, what kind of things can, can people be doing to help their effort in this regard? Oh, my gosh, there is so much that people can be doing. I think from, you know, your adolescence, from, living on social media, on their TikToks, on their Instagrams, sharing, posting, getting the conversation going about what humanitarian aid actually is and what it looks like to them. And also maybe having conversations with people in their own homes, you know, and that can link into their elderly and that they can speak to their grandparents and connect with their grandparents in terms of why is it that this virus is so detrimental to them considering what they have lived through across their lifetimes. And as well as, you, you know, the adults, parents, they, they are able to create such possibilities from their homes and connecting with their kids and in not only having to financially contribute, but also, you know, we're very mindful as the NGO that finances are really affecting everybody in a very, in a very, you know, it's affecting everybody. And so what they can do in terms of 
in terms of getting involved with the NGO is that they can share on, fa- on Facebook, they can start the conversation on social media, and if they are able to to distribute finances, that'll be amazing for us as the NGO in getting out into these communities. Uh, Mandy, that's what I would say. What do you say? Well, I mean, for specifically the the way people can get involved with this campaign is if people can donate, there's on the Cadena South Africa Facebook page, there's a link you can donate via transfer, via credit card. Um, we're, we're also looking for in-kind donations, and we have a drop-off point at Moishi's where you can drop off any toiletries, hand sanitizers, or any non-perishable food items. Corona Care South Africa also has drop-off points at Seventh uh, Avenue in Houghton, the Base Shul in Sunny Road, Eden College. Uh, there's also drop-off points in KwaZulu Natal and Western Cape, which you can see on their Facebook page. And Feed SA is running a fantastic campaign where people shoot uh, videos um, and and encourage organisations to to chip in and uh, get involved. So there's, there's really, there's a lot of ways people can get involved. If you're out shopping, we encourage you to drop off at our drop off points. If you're not out, stay at home and we encourage you to get involved in, in one of the other ways. You can share the flyers around, uh, you can share our links, you can share, uh, FeedSA or Corona Care for South Africa's links and just get involved. Try to spread the information. I think this, on this, that, oh, sorry, Ariel, carry on, yeah. Sorry, Benji, one last thing is that, you know, we really recognize the panic and the elements of this feeling of being so out of control due to the, due to the unpredictability. And the way to combat that in communities and within families is just to start caring and start communicating and start connecting and really try reframing how to get involved with what this virus is doing in a productive and effective way. Now, one of the things that you guys have done is just released these videos that you spoke about, which explain sort of basic, as you say, corona care um, in in various languages other than English. Uh, where can people access them? Because I do think that if you have someone who might have access to networks in those languages, then it would really be useful to be sharing those videos and asking them to send it onto their networks. So they're both on the Kadena South Africa Facebook page and underneath each of the videos there's a link where you can download uh, smaller versions that uh, people can forward off via WhatsApp, via text. It doesn't have to be through our Facebook page. We just want the information to get out. Okay, so so that's what's out there. So so what is the best way to, to be contacting you guys if people want to make donations, they want to share the videos, they want to... Uh, a, a volunteer in other ways, maybe, you know, maybe how to contact you, but what is the best way to do that? Through our Cadena South Africa Facebook page, there's, uh, you can send a message there, there's an email address there, there's a phone number there, um, however you like to get in hold, a hold of us, you can do it, uh, you can email operations.sa at cadena.ngo. Um, yeah, you know, people get hold of us in any way. Uh, for example, on, on Friday, the Jewish Women's Benevolent Society got hold of us to make a, a very, a very generous donation because they're excited about the work we're doing, and we just want to we want to thank them for that. Fantastic, yeah, and I've definitely seen that there has been uh, a lot of people who have been donating, so I think that is really great. Just give us that uh, email address again in case people don't have Facebook. It's operations.sa at cadena, C-A-D-E-N-A, dot N-G-O. Or well, you can call on 082-893-7233.
Africa. There you go. That is uh, Kadena, South Africa, uh, and the work that they're doing. Uh, Ariel, who is a volunteer for the organization, and Mindy, who is a director. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck with the work that you're doing in helping uh, combat this virus. Thank you, Benji. Thank you, Benji. There we go. That is uh, Kadena, South Africa, and uh, the work that is going on from our community uh, to help stem the spread of this virus. Uh, do help them if you can. Uh, I think that uh, if you've seen the videos, they're really, really excellent, uh, and they just show what needs to be done. And uh, so if you have someone who is proficient in Sutu and knows uh, other people who are speaking that language in their community, please send it on to them. Uh, same thing with the Zulu videos. Um, there, there is an opportunity to, to use WhatsApp in a positive way and, uh, of course, you can donate and uh, help out. I just think it's a, a really, really good opportunity. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, what's what's going on right at the moment with Kadena, and uh, I'm very happy to see uh, that this is happening in our community and uh, that uh, we're doing some good work. Now, I want to move on to a different part of this uh, COVID issue and uh, talk about uh, some other things that we should be worrying about other than the age response uh, in the next while. You know, we, we don't know how long this thing is going to be. Might be a couple of weeks, might be a couple of months, uh, might last us the end of the year. Who knows? Uh, some people are talking about 18 months. I personally don't think that that's likely, but, but you never know. Uh, so the point is we need to start getting ourselves mentally prepared uh, to think about this thing in more of a long-term fashion. Uh, and if you have some ideas, then I would really like to hear them. I'd like to hear what you're doing, uh, and I'd like to hear your views on what we can do to be better prepared. So if that is the case, you can SMS us on 34519, or you can telegram us on 061. Eight nine five one zero one nine. That is all uh, available to you. Um, and uh, I see, in fact, that in a few minutes, uh, Saul Ramaphosa is also going to be addressing the nation. So uh, hopefully, uh, if he's listening, uh, Saul, uh, here's some ideas for you that uh, we can actually uh, use to uh, help get the nation through this. The first one, which I think is, is very important, is that is, is the issue of containment, right? Um, I don't know if we're going to get uh, an attempt to lock down the country like uh, Italy and whatever. I think that that would be a very drastic measure, but it is possible. But up until that time, uh, we have um, uh, this opportunity where we can do this curve flattening thing, which basically allows – uh, uh, corona cases to carry on, but uh, prevents it overwhelming the, the hospital system. So that's kind of been uh, the, the the approach that has been the most uh, a widely accepted one of the CDC. The truth about this virus is that we don't know that much about it. And uh, we, we know something and we're getting more facts every day, but we don't know everything about it. And we don't have many tools at our disposal to help stop its spread. We don't have any antiviral uh, uh, medicine at the moment. We certainly don't have a vaccine and that won't be available for quite some time despite the work that's going on in it, uh, in its development. And so one of the tools that we do have is the social isolation and the social distancing. And I think that at the moment, particularly in our community, we have, uh, and in the country at large as well, uh, we have what economists call a collective action problem. 
Uh, what is a collective action problem? So uh, basically that is a, a problem, a social problem where the outcome, if everyone works together, would be very good. Uh, but in order for it to happen, everyone has to work together. And there are a lot of incentives uh, for people not to work together, right? So uh, because there's personal gain or individual gain or, uh, you know, no costs to individuals not to work with the collective, even though there's a good collective outcome. Right? And I think that we're having that collective uh, action problem right at the moment. I saw a very interesting video um, on the Board of Deputies Facebook page. You could go look at it. Uh, and it comes from Rabbi Shishler. He's uh, the rabbi from Chabad of Strathaven. And he was just saying how he's been on quarantine for the last two weeks. And uh, he decided he needed to go do some Pesach shopping. Uh, so he went by himself to uh, one of our kosher supermarkets and uh, there were far too many people out there. People were having drinks. Their kids were running around. Uh, and it was a nice spring day. So people decided to just go out and socialize and have fun, which is uh, especially not what is being recommended right at the moment um, for for uh, getting involved in stopping the spread of this disease. And we're going to have to get a bit more serious about this if uh, we're going to have to do it. Uh, um, I think in general the community has not been bad about about doing the social distancing. I've definitely, uh, just uh, in terms of seeing my own neighborhood, WhatsApp groups and whatever, uh, people who normally would be out have been at home. Uh, definitely Joburg is quieter than normal, uh, but we're still seeing far too many people out there. Uh, I was very concerned to hear that shuls are still open, even though there was a directive from the chief rabbi to close uh, shuls. Some shuls decided they would uh, stay open, some clandestinely, some uh, more openly, and I don't think that this is uh, the time for this. Uh, I understand that people want to keep their shuls open and want to keep their communities going, but uh, the threat to the wider community uh, is 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 wider than than just one individual shul community. So uh, I do think that that is is a, a real problem, and it shows you exactly this collective action problem where we need everyone, uh, if this thing is going to work, to buckle down and do this. Uh, because it's the only way that it can work, and we can't have people making exceptions uh, right at the moment. And, uh, you know, maybe we can examine this in a week or two or a month or whatever. Um, people will go back to shul. We're a shul-going community, um, and and I don't think that having shuls uh, stay open is the right thing to do, especially if schools are closed and our community centers are closed and I'm having to do this interview from my study uh, we, we need to make sure that everyone is playing their part to make sure this works. So I think containment is going to be a toughie for a while, uh, and uh, it's really dependent, I think, in the next few weeks, how much we're able to do containment um, that uh, we will be able to really fight this thing. So uh, that is that is the first red flag that is going to be a big issue for communities as we go forward uh, on on this particular on this particular problem. The second big one, which I think is going to be a, uh, a a big deal and something that we need to look for, is political opportunism. Uh, you know, democracies work uh, in a way that they what's called a separation of powers, right? So they try and not vest all the power in the state bureaucracy because that can very quickly lead to authoritarianism. And so what you do is you have the courts which have to look after the rule of law, and then you've got the parliament that passes the laws, and then you've got the government which is supposed to implement them. And at times of crisis, you are bound to find tension between different parts of the system as uh, you know more coordinated responses 
uh, get together. Often democracies are less good at uh, getting uh, very quickly organized responses, but the, the overall, by keeping the system open, what you're able to do is keep everything running eventually in the long term. And that's why uh, a democracy is a preferable system uh, to other kinds of authoritarian systems, what we're seeing in China, all of this kind of thing. So I think that naturally these things are going to come under pressure, and you're seeing it all over the world. It's a completely natural thing. Uh, if you look, for example, in the state of Ohio in the U.S., uh, there the Democratic Party wanted to hold its election primaries, and the, the head of the, the state of Ohio said uh, there's absolutely no way that you can do that. Uh, it would be violating their own containment rules, and uh, you can't do it. And so they went to the courts of Ohio and said, you know, we want to uh, actually uh, have this set aside. And the court said, no, we agree with the Democratic Party. And then the state of Ohio said, no, we don't agree with the court. And while we figure out this problem, we're just going to carry on with this lockdown. So there, there is an interesting, uh, you know, element there. Same thing in Israel, right? We're seeing uh, a question around whether – uh, the the justice minister, his name is Ahana, can actually shut the courts uh, at the moment, uh, and some people are saying no, the courts have to uh, keep running because that's what has to that's what has to be done, and, and so there, there's an argument in Israel at the moment about how active the courts can be. So we're seeing these kinds of discussions, and it's completely natural for democracies to have them. The problem is is that this kind of chaos and this kind of indecision can open the discussion to having uh, opportunists come in and drive their own agenda in the public sphere. And I think uh, the longer that this particular uh, issue goes on, the longer that we might very well have these kinds of problems to face. And I think we need to be very much on guard um, in terms of what it is that uh, people might do, what are the things that we need to look at, um, uh, you know, all of these aspects that, uh, that people should be on the lookout for when, uh, when they're thinking about these, uh, kinds of problems. And, uh, I'm going to be talking about them just after the break. Uh, so we are going to take a break and when we come back. I'll actually just uh, discuss some of the places where I think we need to be a little bit more cautious. This is the new blue review with Benji Schulman. 101.9 High FM. This is uh, the special self-isolation COVID edition of the New Blue Review. And uh, yeah, we're quite enjoying it. I think it's going all right. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm loving bringing it to you. What I was saying before the break was we need to be careful of various political opportunists at a time like this uh, because, uh, you know, you never know what could happen. So what are the categories that uh, we need to be looking at? when we're talking about this uh, particular issue. So uh, the first one, I think, is the issue, uh, just from our own community's perspective, of anti-Semitism, right? So plagues and uh, outbreaks and all these kind of things have a long history of, of, of having anti-Semitism attached to it. If you go back to Europe in the Middle Ages, you'll find specific uh, anti-Semitism uh, related to the Jewish community, uh, and so the plague was being blamed on the Jews, and this whole thing of poisoning wells and all of these kinds of things uh, have a long history. So at times like this, 
excuse me, uh, you do want to, you do want to have, uh, that kind of built-in reaction that we're checking on, uh, anti-Semitism and making sure that any kind of outbreaks, particularly on social media, uh, get corralled and contained. So a good example of this is, of course, uh, our, uh, current, uh, manifestation of anti-Semitism in our community, which is BDS. And, uh, they, Immediately, as soon as the coronavirus started becoming a, a big thing, tried to jump on the bandwagon and uh, and start spreading lies about Israel, um, saying that the Israel wasn't providing corona uh, messages in uh, in 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 Arabic, only in Hebrew, and this was discriminatory. And and what was great is as soon as they did that, there was actually an Israeli Arab guy on one of these debates who was immediately able to debunk this nonsense. Uh, and he actually was able to show his message that he got uh, in Arabic from the Ministry of Health in um, in Israel. And I really think that uh, uh, we that particular lie on this particular occasion uh, managed to get clamped down on uh, pretty quickly. And uh, the BDS has stopped even bothering to make that claim because it's so completely stupid and outrageous. So this is a good example of of, of this. And uh, thankfully, we haven't seen too much yet. You know, occasional things in social media. Uh, there are always stupid people on social media. That's like a given in the world. Uh, but so far, we haven't seen that, but we do need to be on the lookout. The other one, the other two, rather, uh, issues that we need to be looking out for are issues of swift policy change and looting. Those are the two that I think, uh, in a South African context, are definitely ones to be looking out for because – if some sort of emergency measures do have to take place, what you could find is people using that as cover uh, when there's not uh, proper oversight coming from different municipalities and uh, on different organs that are supposed to monitor these things because it's now an emergency that uh, things could be you know, get stolen, etc. So, for example, the mayor of Akurulini, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he did a speech this week where or <clears throat> last week where he was claiming that the municipality was going to uh, be spending money so that they could get vaccines from Cuba that they were going to bring to South Africa for the population here. Uh, now, there is no vaccine from Cuba yet uh, that anybody knows of. Um, and so you have to wonder where is that money potentially going uh, that this person uh, believes that they can actually uh, get it together and 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 spend. So uh, that's I think one one more of more one of the more obvious places where a, a crisis like this could be used to try and and, and carry on the the state capture project which we uh, had had been seeing in the last ten years. More, more disturbing I think uh, is 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 potentially an issue of social political change which could come about uh, if people use this as a crisis opportunity to drive their particular agenda. So, for example, uh, big issues which we've been discussing in the country for a long time, things like the NHI, for example, which would have massive, massive ramifications on on the, the country. And as a result, there's lots of debate and lots of discussion uh, and lots of pushback against the idea and push for. It's, it's a big decision which has to be taken uh, very carefully, if uh, if it has to be implemented at all, can we afford it? All of these kind of questions would come into a big question like that. But we're already seeing discussions in the media where people are saying, well, 
you know, uh, we have to just implement this now because it's a medical emergency and this is uh, the only way to do it and we have to just do it now and we'll, we'll figure out the consequences uh, later on. And I think it's very, very dangerous kind of rhetoric and you're seeing it uh, with, uh, with, with Julius Malema. I mean, there was a fantastic video that was going around where, uh, the opposition parties had come together <clears throat> to support, uh, Soro Ramaphosa's proposals. And Julius Malema got up and started saying, well, if, if private hospitals don't support us, we're just going to nationalize them. And, and basically, Soro Ramaphosa burst out laughing, even though, uh, I think he wasn't supposed to <laughs> laugh at Julius Malema, but he did anyway. Um, but it's a good example of how people who have kind of revolutionary views of the world uh, might try use a crisis uh, to drive their particular agenda. And I think uh, it, it's a potentially very dangerous uh, uh, aspect and uh, something that we should be keeping um, be keeping an eye on. Uh, by the way, if you want to uh, send us a WhatsApp and give us your perspective on this, uh, we are talking today about uh, the coronavirus, as I suspect we will be for quite some time. Uh, you can telegram us on 061-895-1019, uh, or you can uh, SMS us on 34519. Uh, that will, will help us as well. Uh, lastly, on this particular set of red flags, is, is just around basic human rights. Um, there are, there are, you know, restrictions that are going to take place in our society because of the emergency measures that are taking place. So, for example, we are basically seeing restrictions on freedom of speech, right? You can be fined for, um, spreading misinformation about corona, uh, which I think is understandable given the context, but we just have to be making sure that uh, we are keeping our heads above the parapet, that nothing is is cast in stone, right? That when this thing eventually goes away, and it will eventually go away, that uh, all of the powers of the Constitution are restored and that the ability of people to make a decision in the governing of the state remains and that these sorts of restrictions uh, don't apply any longer afterwards. I don't think we've seen yet any <clears throat> fundamental pushback on the rights of the civilian population, uh, and, and what there has been, has been, uh, uh, gotten to do with uh, safety, but, but can, can never be too careful with these kinds of issues. Lastly, last red flag is I think we're going to have to look at the economy, right? If this thing takes a month or two or three, that is obviously going to hit everybody very, very hard. And we're going to have to have a coordinated effort, uh, to make sure that people are able to stay afloat during these times. Uh, our economy is in a pretty bad shape to begin with, uh, even before the coronavirus started. And, uh, you know, our ability to do this is, uh, is going to be contingent on our, on our ability to basically use up savings and, and, uh, help out businesses that are not, are, are not going to be, uh, uh, as busy basically as they normally were. Uh, I've already seen some very good initiatives, uh, from various Jewish groups and organizations. Uh, helping out uh, businesses like this, uh, and I think it's very, very positive. And, uh, you know, there's been attempts previously to create co-ops and do all sorts of things, uh, and I think we might need to look at these kind of social solutions in the coming months if we're going to be able to defeat this thing. So uh, these are all aspects of the outbreak which we're going to have to be taking seriously and in the weeks and months ahead. And as we, we start to think about 
uh, fighting this, I would say that the three red flags uh, are, are there, right? Uh, we need to make sure that we do our bit to contain the virus and uh, not think that we're bigger and better than anybody else. Uh, we need to make sure that people are not taking advantage of the situation um, for their own personal benefit, uh, whether it's politically or uh, monetarily or whatever. Uh, and then, and then we need to do what we can to look after the economy so that uh, when uh, when when we come out of this thing, that there is something else to come out of. Uh, yeah, so that's my view on the three red flags that we have to worry about for the corona outbreak. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be back just after this. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. You're back with 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and uh, taking a slightly different view of um, our corona episode for today is we're going to look at some other plagues that have hit Johannesburg uh, before and how they might be closer than you might think. Uh, if you've ever gone down the Sandringham Dip, uh, that the long dip between Sandringham High School and Edenvale, you'll see a big, wide, open piece of land which uh, is called the Seasware Medical Center. Now, what you, you might not know is that that actually is a graveyard of people um, that has uh, been there from plagues uh, of many, many years ago in Johannesburg. So we're not just talking about the flu, uh, the Spanish flu. Uh, there are people who are buried there from the Spanish flu, uh, but all sorts of other plagues, including uh, TB, leprosy, typhoid, anthrax, uh, Ebola, and Myberg, uh, have all have people who were buried in that particular area. Uh, it turns out that... Um, that place was uh, many years ago quite far away from Johannesburg, and it was set up as a place where uh, you could bury people who were uh, killed by all of these uh, sorts of diseases. And it's been there uh, since 1895, which is uh, quite a remarkable amount of time. Uh, if you've ever watched the movie um, uh, uh, Cry the Beloved Country, uh, a very, very famous movie about uh, Ellen Payton's book on the topic. Uh, the house in that movie actually is is from that place. And there's an amazing uh, history, uh, including a, a nurse that's buried there. Her name was uh, Emily, and she, she uh, contracted the bubonic plague uh, after kissing a sick child. And she's actually buried there along with 7,000 other uh, people. So uh, the good news is, is that it's all buried underground and it's not... Uh, dangerous, and uh, so, so that's fine. Uh, but actually, the 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 whole area these days it does a lot of work in terms of this particular uh, issue of plagues and and uh, communicable diseases. Uh, the guys who are really uh, thinking about how do we tackle this problem and what can we do to fight it and all of this kind of stuff are actually right there in uh, Sandringham on the way to uh, Edenville. And, uh, and, and so our fighting of the plague is literally right down uh, the road, along with some absolutely amazing history. Uh, Desmond Tutu, for example, had TB, and he was placed in that area, and he was eventually cured of his TB over there. And uh, there are all sorts of graves of different people, including a Jewish graveyard, uh, which is there, which no one has ever been able to find, but we know from records that it's there. And there's a children's graveyard uh, and uh, – uh, many different 
other people who have been part of the South African history, including Malawians and Irish and English and Poles and Germans. And uh, it's just a remarkable, a remarkable, remarkable place from a historical perspective. And, uh, you know, just fascinating to see what is actually lying there. And the fact that we've actually gone through uh, these kind of plagues and these kind of things before and uh, been left uh, standing, uh, which I think is uh, a fascinating uh, a fascinating thing right here in in our own uh, community just down the road. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this special COVID edition of the New Blue Review, uh, which uh, is being conducted from my study. Uh, thank you to the people who helped make this possible. It was obviously a little bit different from our normal approach. So thank you for Craig who pushes all the big red buttons, to Flo, who helped get the whole Skype thing going, to Vusi, who, who does the sound, and to Senna, who is the production manager. Uh, and thank you to you for listening to the show. Please do safe, do stay safe, do stay at home. Uh, we will get through this, and uh, we will get through this by listening to the radio, because what else are you going to do uh, when you're at home? Uh, and uh, HiFM will continue to bring you uh, all of the best and most interesting uh uh, uh, information where it comes to this coronavirus and everything else. So do stay, stay tuned and uh, we'll chat to you again next week on the New Blue Review.